Welcome to Blind Date with Knowledge. This is a weekly half-hour talk show featuring Queen's University researchers and scholars. The show seeks to unravel the dynamic world of research at the university by discussing the significance to and benefits of research on everyday lives. I'm Barry Kaplan, the show's host. Blind Date with Knowledge is broadcast on CFRC Radio, 101.9 FM, Campus and Community Queen's Radio in Kingston, located in Carruthers Hall. All the episodes of Blind Date with Knowledge are available on the CFRC website or the Queen's University Research website at queensu.ca slash research. Today, my guest is Gregory Irkovich. Uh, Dr. Irkovich is a professor in the Queen's Department of Chemistry, whose research is focused on surface and materials electrochemistry, as well as molecular level electrocatalysis. He directs an international project, which is called Nickel Electrocan, that is developing nickel-based materials for applications in fuel cells and other technologies. He received his dual accreditation master's degree in engineering chemistry from Gdansk University of Technology, Poland, in 1984, emigrated to Canada in 1985, and received his PhD from the University of Ottawa in 1991. Hi, Gregory. Hello. Thank you for being here with me on Blind Day with Knowledge. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Let's begin our conversation by having you explain to me and our listeners what electrochemistry and electrocatalysis is and why it's important to the average Canadian. All right. So what electrochemistry is, it's a combination of chemistry and physics. Electrochemistry is about chemical interactions which generate electrons, meaning generate electrical energy. Or it's also about using electrical energy to direct chemical reactions that would not occur spontaneously otherwise. And a perfect example is a process uh, which we teach in high schools and first-year chemistry, water electrolysis. We take a source of electrical energy, a battery. We take, place these two batteries in a solution which is ionically conducting salt and acidic solution, basic solution. We apply a potential difference and we decompose water into hydrogen and oxygen. Without an external stimulus, in this case, electric, in this case electrical energy, it would not happen. Water would not decompose. This is an example of, of an electrochemical process of a chemical reaction which is driven by external electrical, electrical energy. There are other examples where a chemical reaction occurring on materials, metallic materials, generates electricity. And uh, a very timely example are fuel cells. In fuel cells we have catalysts, electrocatalysts, uh, materials, very often noble metal materials. In a fuel cell we supply at one end hydrogen, at another end oxygen. And two reactions take place, and this reac these reactions generate electrical energy, which then can be used for different purposes. It can be used to power, for instance, an electric vehicle. Electrochemistry is practically everywhere, but people don't realize that it's everywhere. These days, practically everybody has got a lead-acid battery 
uh, excuse me, everybody has got a, a lead acid battery in a vehicle. Without a battery, one would not be able to, to start a vehicle. This is an example of electrochemistry in action. Batteries are electrochemical devices. We use cell phones. Without batteries, we wouldn't be able to run them. So these are examples of electrochemical, electrochemical processes. Well, I'd like you to talk a little bit more about, okay, we've got some, some grasp of, of the context of what you're doing and the, the electrical chemi chemical kinds of uh, foundations of, of your work. How do you go from there to the commercialization of this? And what's involved with creating the organization that commercializes this? Yes. So it always starts with basic research, whether it is electrochemistry or synthetic chemistry. So when I talk to industrial partners, I tell them the following. Let's take, let's say the nature produces a certain compound. And let's say this compound can is found in some plant on an island in the Pacific. It is present in nature in a very small amount, but let's say then we discover that this compound can, for instance, cure some kind of a cancer. Hmm. Then we would like to synthesize it. And we can synthesize it, let's say, in a given number of steps. Let's say it takes eight steps. Whether we do it in the research laboratory or we do it on an industrial scale, so whether we synthesize 10 milligrams or 10,000 kilograms, this, the, sequence, the sequence of atomic level events is the same. When it comes to max pass production, at one point, once we know how to synthesize this compound, we basically optimize it. We take into account the heat balance, the mass balance, want to do it very efficiently, and this is engineering. But the important thing is that the sequence of atomic level events, the way molecules are formed is the same, whether it's in a, on a small scale or an, on a large scale. Right. And something that we've been working a lot on are various aspects of platinum electrochemistry and also right now nickel electro electrochemistry. These two are extremely important in metallic uh, metals. Platinum is used as a catalyst uh, in numerous chemical technologies. Nickel as well. Nickel is also part of uh, stainless steels. So understanding of the behavior of platinum, how, why platinum is such an excellent catalyst in in a variety of, of reactions extremely important because once we understand what makes platinum so special, we can think of designing less expensive materials that will basically mimic the behavior of platinum. Which leads me to actually my, my third question, which is 
what are the important aspects that you see, the outcomes of this research uh, that you're working on? And it sounds like lower cost is, is going to be one of those uh, benefits. It also seems to me that nickel is more plentiful than uh, platinum or lithium or some of the other materials that we find in batteries. Could you talk a little bit about, about what you see as the most useful yes. or uh, potential outcomes of your research? Yes, so um, a lot of... We've had a lot of efforts dedicated to platinum electrochemistry because of fuel cell applications, so-called PEM fuel cell polymer electrolyte membrane fuel cells, and they employ platinum nanoparticles. Materials, if we take a piece of a, a piece of platinum, or whether it's platinum or something else, once we start reducing the size from millimeters to microns to nanometers, their activity increases. Huh. But their activity increases towards desired and undesired reactions. So platinum nanoparticles are more active towards two key reactions which take place in fuel cells versus bulk platinum. But at the same time, nanoparticles of platinum are more prone towards corrosion than bulk platinum. So we enhance reactivity in all aspects. A lot of a lot has been done on the development of better and better catalysts for pen fuel cells. So pen fuel cells are those that employ platinum nanoparticles. Platinum is very, very expensive. In fact somewhere between 40 and 50% of the cost of a fuel cell stack, which is, let's say, two feet wide, a foot and a half deep, and maybe you know, eight, in, eight inches high, weighs about 70 or 80, 80 pounds. Half of the cost is the synthesis of platinum nanoparticles and the, applying them. If we were if we were to start mass production of PEM fuel cells for electric vehicles, the price of platinum would probably go up by a factor of two, three, four, maybe even even five. Not to mention that there is not enough platinum on the planet to convert all combustion engine engine vehicles or diesel vehicles into fuel cell vehicles. So we need alternatives. And in the periodic A table of the elements, and I, I'm not going to talk about the periodic table of the elements because we all know it from primary school. Maybe some outstanding queens say... Please, I didn't Maybe some outstanding queen students know it already from, uh, from daycare, but you know, at least from primary school or, or high school. Uh, nickel in the periodic table of the elements is right above platinum. Hmm. So nickel is also a very good catalytic material. Not as good as platinum, but it's quite good. And we have tons of it in Canada, We right? have tons of it in Canada. In fact, 10% uh, of nickel produced globally comes from Canada. And we do have a lot of nickel ores in Canada. So now nickel has got one weakness. It is not stable in acidic media. Hmm. Platinum is stable in acidic media, in alkaline media, but nickel is not. So now we need 
different types of fuel cells. We need alkaline fuel cells. And alkaline fuel cells are nothing new. In fact, alkaline fuel cells, which use nickel materials, were used in the Apollo and the Gemini space program. Interesting, interesting. I know. And then for... For some reasons, the interest in these alkaline fuel cells somehow almost vanished, and and I don't know, I don't know why I, I don't know. Lost in space. Lost in space. There you there you are. There you are. And you can you can imagine how robust they had to be in order to withstand these incredible forces. Yeah. Uh, you know, on, on takeoff, right? Hmm. So I would think that. I mean, it sounds fascinating what you're doing, but I, it, it's such an co- interesting convergence of forces. We have companies like Volvo saying they're going to go all electric, and we have enormous reservoirs of nickel here. So do you think the federal government would be super interested in the kind of things you're doing? How are some of these external forces uh, playing out into your research? Is it, or does, are you just sort of so focused on your electrochemical kind of a, a focus that, and leave that other stuff to your partners? No, we, we work with industrial partners. Uh, we've been working with Nissan, Nissan Motor Corporation for you know, several years right now, so, um, I would say about eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, we were performing fundamental research on the behavior of, of platinum under conditions that mimic operating fuel cells. And again, uh, we're studying fundamental phenomena. We're not doing something that would be patentable because uh. we're trying to understand really what what happens. But uh, that's a very smart, very smart company. They really want to understand what's so special about platinum, what properties are critical, how platinum degrades because we think that noble metals platinum gold they never corrode they do they do just very very slowly and the conditions need to be very specific but if you if you think of a nanoparticle which is three nanometers in size and it is part of a fuel cell and there are gazillions of them yeah and they are meant to operate for five years before a fuel cell get reconditioned I mean how do we know that this nanoparticle will remain its shape size over five years right right oh you're at the leading edge of this aren't you I think we are wonderful it's very exciting very exciting. Well, thank you, Gregory. My, my guest in this episode of Blind Date with Knowledge has been Dr. Gregory uh, Yerkovitz. Did I say that correctly? Yerkovitz, yes. Yeah. Professor in the Queen's Department of Chemistry. Thank you very much for tuning in. This show is produced in collaboration with CFRC at Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario, with infrastructure support from Queen's Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science. CFRC is located on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory.